Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Another episode of Purple Insider presented by Scout Logistics. Matthew Pollard here along with Aaron Nagler of Cheesehead TV. And Aaron, before I welcome you in, I want to, people like when I sing on the show. So I want to sing a theme song that I wrote for you and your appearance. Okay, here it goes. Here it goes. Aaron Nagler, the man Vikings fans love to hate, but you mustn't hate. What's up, Aaron? That's that's quite the intro, and I'll I will wear it with a badge of honor. I think that's going to be my new ringtone. I like it. I like it. I'm all in, a thousand percent. I, Happy I, to be the man your listeners love to hate. Yeah, I mixed the all Bond song with how Homer Simpson sang the Bond song. So that's <laughs> uh, that's good. I that's like a, it. That's what we got. always aspired to be a Bond villain. You know, so, it was my chance. There well, you, you are a villain to Vikings fans, which is why I like having you on because we Don't have. Know why. We, well, nice you, guy. I think you called the franchise plastic and said you yep. hate them more than the bears. Uh, yep. so, Hey, before no soul, I could go on. Right. I mean, yes. How yeah, long yeah, yeah. 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 Which I find hysterical. Like anybody who gets mad at you, that's a Vikings fan. What are you doing? I mean, this is like, come on, just rise into the bait. That's what they're doing. <laughs> Fine by me. Uh, but can, can I ask a follow-up on that before we get to the, you know, what we're going to talk about. Of course. There? Yeah. Um, sure hating the Vikings more than the bears as a, as a Packers fan and having it not even be close. See, I think that let's say you were a person who lived in Jacksonville, Florida, and you just knew the NFL, you'd be like, Oh, the Packers hate the bears the most because when they play each other, that's what the announcers tell me. So I want you to explain why the Packers (laughs) hate the Vikings more. You just want me to do this. So you get like people riled up while they're listening. (laughs) I know what you're doing. I know your tactics. Well, you know, it's just because there's nothing authentic about the Minnesota Vikings franchise, like everything about it. Like they got bought by some real estate magnet from Jersey. You know, they stole their chant from a soccer team. Uh, Their, their bird killing stadium made out of glass that cost billion dollars. There's nothing authentic. There's no history. There's no roots. I mean, I can't, I can't remember the last time. I think Steve Weish was the last person I talked to in the NFL sphere who mentioned like, you know, the days of the fearsome, the purple people eaters and things like that. Like, I don't ever see Vikings fans leaning in to their history. And I understand why, because they've never won anything, but it's like, you still have like really good teams and players to rally around, but y'all get caped up for Kirk Cousins. Like, I just don't get it. I just, there's nothing there. There's nothing authentic. It's an empty vessel that, is what I think of the Minnesota Vikings. And I think I get a lot of Packers fans in response agreeing with me. So I think I'm on the right track in that regard. But I do know there are certainly Packers fans who hate the Bears more than the Vikings. There's no doubt that those people exist. I'm just not one of them. 
I just think it's a funny rant. And you, I mean, when you check I mean, off that was the, a tamed down version, yeah, you, right. know, you, get, you get me going. <laughs> it's early today. But when you check off the boxes of the things you said, you're like, well, the stadium does kill birds. I mean, there's really no question about it. And the owners do live in New Jersey. That's also true. They do spend a lot of money on the roster. That's true. They, hey, that you can't fault them as yeah. far as like trying to build a winner. I mean, the emphasis on trying, obviously. Also, they have an owner. So there is that thing. That, hey, the uh, Packers have an owner. They have many owners, many including owners. myself. Okay, including here's myself. The, here's the tra- here's the transition from that though, and I actually right. totally agree with you about the the background and how fascinating the teams from the '60s and '70s are. It's just a really long time ago at this point. It is, and I know most modern fans are not in tune with that. Right? It's not how they come to the game, and I get that. I understand that. We're we're a weird breed in Green Bay in that regard. No doubt. <laughs> so, but there is a tie-in to the Aaron Rodgers situation with not having an owner, because one thing that I actually have wondered on the show here is I wonder how it would be different if it was the Vikings with owners who try desperately to make every good player happy. You even look at, you know, Daniil Hunter, where there could have been this long standoff with Daniil Hunter. And instead it's just like, Oh, just give him some money. He'll just (laughs) just do that. And that's been their answer, right? Delvin cook. Will Delvin cook sign his, I'm I'm like, I'm like, he signs this huge deal. right? right. Right. I'm just done with even worrying about these things because they'll just give the person the money for better or for worse. How do you think this situation would be different if you had an owner? I've had, I've gotten this question a lot and I understand the idea, especially because the one kind of comparable we have, right. Is in new England towards the end with Tom Brady Kraft loved Tom and clearly didn't bend over to keep him around or anything, but there, he was always kind of the buffer. If you've read Seth Wickersham stuff on the Patriots and kind of the end of that dynasty, uh, all the things going on behind the scenes, I do think it would make a bit of difference because Aaron would have probably a connection and or someone he would consider a confidant and or a sounding board in a way that he clearly does not. Because I think when you boil this down and this is all on the outside looking in, we don't really know because the man has not spoken about what is true and what isn't. But it sure seems like his major grievances are with Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst, neither of which obviously are a true owner. But at the end of the day, I don't think it would make that much of a difference. I mean, because in the end, Tom Brady did end up leaving. You know, it's clearly, you know, it's not like Kraft kept him around and booted Belichick. Um, Eventually, Father Time is undefeated, right? And this idea that you are looking, trying to look out for the long-term kind of health of your franchise Yes, Tom went down to Tampa Bay and did his thing and won a Super Bowl. There's no doubt. There's, you can't take that away from him. But at some point, you've got to move on as a franchise. And I think most smart businessmen, which Kraft is, which a number of NFL owners are, not all of them, but most of them are, they understand that. And I think if you are the general manager, in this case, Brian Gutekunst, that is the pitch you're making. Like, look, I'd rather get out a year too early than a year too late. And I think that's what the Packers have tried to do. So this is the thing about this whole situation. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you've spent much, much time on it, but what's really just a, few uh, minutes, just a couple of minutes. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and also you're welcome because I was, uh, you know, I don't know, drafting animals or something last week. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, right. gotcha. but uh, now something that I wonder though, is along this path to Aaron Rodgers being disgruntled, like mm-hmm. what, what could have changed? Because I think that even Aaron Rodgers would have to admit I am X number of years old and I was once this draft pick that Jordan love is. So th- I think yep. he's, 
uh, even though a spiteful human being, he's reasonable enough to come, you know, get to bring that all together in his mind and be okay with it. But what is, what is the thing that seems to have shifted it to where we are now? It is definitely the, the separation between personnel and say players and the coaching staff that has frustrated him. And that has built up over the years, uh, 2018, just prior to signing his big extension, uh, he had a quote where he said, it's very clear. Uh, they've made it clear that my job is to play quarterback and to do that at the, as the, at the best of my ability. Um, this was in response to some of the Jordy Nelson stuff, uh, that had been kind of going on. We always kind of like, as far as we, I mean, the people in the locker room, media wise, it was always kind of bubbling. He would always make these kind of offhand remarks. And I know Ian Rappaport put that thing out there about, the cutting of Jake Kumro being quote, the final straw. Again, I can't speak to that. Aaron would have to say yes or no, but I do know that bugged the hell out of him. And that's the kind of thing where he's not given any input whatsoever. It is an absolute Chinese wall as far as, okay, that's great. We understand what you want, but we're going to operate from the side of, we are personnel people pros in this league who have worked decades on our side of things, as far as, in the college game, in the pro scouting game. And we are going to construct the roster the way we see fit. We being Ted Thompson, Brian Gutekunst, whoever, I think Aaron has kind of chafed at that. And I understand his frustrations. There's no doubt about, you know, the fact that especially coming off this year where you saw Tom Brady go to Tampa Bay and kind of be able to, you know, have some input and say, Oh, I'd really like to get this guy. And then they go get that guy. I have zero doubt. Aaron saw that and said, okay, this is it. Especially after the drafting of Jordan Love, it's clear that that is the heir apparent. Um, you know, he saw his Packers mortality. And I still maintain, now you can bookmark this and come back to it, throw it in my face, whatever. I still maintain that the moment that Schefter bomb dropped on draft day, that was Aaron Rodgers having sat on this for a year after the drafting of Jordan Love and say, saying, okay, you dropped a bomb on me last year. I'm dropping a bomb on you this year. And I'm going to watch you squirm all summer long. I still think he shows up at the start of camp, maybe even a bit after the start of camp, but I think he's there under center week one. That's my guess. Well, this, that has been exactly my take the entire summer long as Vikings fans get like, Oh, could he maybe buy <laughs> like, all right, don't get excited yet everybody, right. because he has not at all said that he's not coming back. And to me, uh, he, he probably wants his teammates to be like, come on, man, we need you. Right. Let's you know, have that Favre thing of Ryan Longwell wanting to be wanted. Think, right. You yes. know, I get, and yeah. I get that. And look, I, I don't discount his frustrations for a moment, but I do find it interesting. This idea that, you know, my goodness, my inbox and my mentions have been filled with mostly Broncos fans all off season about how, Oh, Aaron's come to Denver, blah, blah, blah. The Packers, if they were going to trade him, it would have happened by now. And they are, they have made it very clear that that is not happening. Not this season. They're not trading him. So Aaron, who had the opportunity to opt out of this season, the COVID protocol would have allowed him to a couple weeks ago. And he chose not to do that. He has two choices, play for green Bay or sit for the year and, or retire. And I just, I mean, if there's a guy who's going to walk away like Barry Sanders did, yeah, I wouldn't put it past Aaron Rodgers. But I would have thought we'd probably know something by now. Uh, I, I'm still going to be shocked if he's not under center for the Packers this season. Well, the other part of it is the team is good. Like with, with Barry it's, Sanders. It's, you know. it's legit. Exactly. The Barry Sanders thing. People talk about the Carson Palmer kind of corollary, same agent, what have you. It's like, yeah, Carson Palmer was sick of losing. 
Aaron Rodgers is sick of winning lots of football games. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. And again, I understand he's frustrated and he probably has a legitimate gripe in, in a lot of these cases, but this is a team that is constructed for him to make another maybe last run at a Super Bowl wearing the green and gold. I mean, guys like David Bakhtiari, Kenny Clark, Aaron Jones, Mercedes Lewis, one of his closest friends on the team, they're all back in the fold to make one last run at this. Now he's going to turn around and say, nah, guys, I'm not coming along. Really? I just, again, I would be absolutely shocked. Yeah. And uh, I know you've been on with the guys for PFF, Eric and George, but I was listening to them talking about, and they focus on the gambling element about how the (laughs) markets have swung back the other way. Like, like you said, if it hasn't happened by now, then it's not going to happen. And even if San Francisco was involved somehow, and they could have picked another quarterback at the very top, and they still decided not to, which actually would have made logical sense if you could get your Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and they still said no, they have to believe that he's coming back. Now, there's something lingering that I wanted to ask you about that I just wonder if it's a part of it at all, which is the field goal at the end of the NFC championship game, because <laughs> I, if I was him, I right. might be more upset about that than I am about whatever roster decision, Jake Kumaro or drafting a corner again in the right. round, like yeah. all those things, but to take the ball out of my hands, it kind of reminds me of like Scotty Pippen and how he's still super mad at Tony Kukoc yeah. getting that last Decades shot later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Only this one didn't work out or Marshall. Well- Marshall right. not getting the handoff. Not getting the handoff and the Super Bowl. Look, here's been my steady response to this throughout the offseason. He had three chances to get it in the end zone prior to fourth down. Didn't get it in. In fact, his last pass as a Packer, if he were to retire or was to sit out, would be throwing it away and in, into the dirt in front of De- Devontae Adams' feet. He had a chance to make a play three times and didn't. I understand they took the ball out of his hands, but it's a smart football decision. As far as I'm concerned, Matt LaFleur was trying to win the game in regulation, not trying to play for overtime. I'm fine with that. You know, you got to stop Tom Brady either way. And look, it's been pretty clear these last two years that whatever gripes Aaron may have, I don't think they're with Matt LaFleur. You know, he obviously helped railroad Mike McCarthy out of town. Mark Murphy hired this guy in, in, in Matt to come along and revitalize not only the offense, but the franchise in general. And he's very much done that. I don't get how Aaron can then turn around and go, oh, you made this coaching decision in the NFC championship game. Well, you know, you missed Devontae Adams earlier in the game in the end zone, you know? So I, I like look at yourself first and I don't believe I, I would find it very, very hard to believe that that decision, though he has spent the entire summer kind of having fun at that decision's expense, whether it's on jeopardy or with a Tom Brady poking fun at it, et cetera. I just don't think that has much to do with it. But isn't this the most interesting part of Aaron Rodgers is it doesn't have to make logical sense for him to have a beef with it. Like, I, right. So. No. Well, Hey man, the, the, if the man is famous for anything, it's holding an incredible grudge for the most infinitesimal slights. So, and yeah, I do possible. respect him for that. Cause I'm kind yeah. of the same way. Uh, but I, re- I remember uh, Ryan Riddle, who was his college teammate uh, right. wrote a bleacher report article about what it was like to be his teammate in college. And Ryan Riddle tweeted that Aaron was like super mad at some of the stories he told, even though they were mostly like, kind of, oh, you know, I remember right, that. Yeah. Well, they yeah. were roommates too. That was the yeah. other thing. Like yeah. they, 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 uh, they roomed together while they were teammates. So that's why Ryan had, you know, some bit of an you know, kind of inside perspective, so to speak. But I do remember Rogers like really dismissing that entire article. So let's play, let's play this game then though. Let's just say you All and right. I are on the same page. We agree. Aaron Rodgers is going to be there week one, but let's just say 
So what do we even know about Jordan Love? Because again, this is from a Vikings perspective. I think a lot of fans are going like, Jordan Love. <laughs> I mean, heard of him. Right. Like uh, he has a first round draft pick, but not a high first round draft pick. There is some concerns about the this, that, and the other thing, accuracy and so forth. No uh, doubt. What do you know about Jordan Love? I mean, all the tools are there. He's got everything you could ever want from a physical ability standpoint, whether it's his arm, there's no question there. He can make a throw anywhere on the field. Uh, his ability to work outside of the pocket, his maneuverability, his work inside the pocket and kind of reading pressure, avoiding pressure, et cetera. All of that he's got. Now, we, the, the history of the league is littered with guys who had all the physical tools who could never put it together at the NFL level. Um, there were absolutely, I know things got blown up one day in minicamp because he missed a couple of guys who were open. You know who else did that? Aaron Rodgers. I can go back and show you plenty of updates from camp. I was there that showed Aaron kind of spraying the ball over the map. You know, you're a young quarterback. These are your first kind of reads and throws in the NFL, especially that most people have seen. I understand the, the especially in this kind of modern media landscape, every single mistake is going to get blown up and every good day is going to be chalked up as, Oh, he should be doing that. He's a first round pick. Um, there are going to be ups and downs. And I don't doubt for a second that this offense will help him as far as the scheme and how it works. As far as we've seen, whether it's McVay, Shanahan, what have you guys can utilize this scheme to make lesser quarterbacks, at least look competent, if not pretty good. Um, Ultimately, at some point, Jordan Love is going to drop back on third and eight and have to make a play from the pocket, going to have to make a read, going to have to make a throw, and I expect him to struggle, just like any other young quarterback. There is zero doubt. Uh, the question is, is can he learn from those mistakes? And that's the only way you can figure that out is by letting him play. And I don't think that's going to happen this year. I do think there's a good chance that happens next year. But at this point, we know he's got all the tools. He's got a, probably another year to kind of work on stuff from the bench. And then next year, it's time for him to start on the job training. And that's what I think they have in Jordan Love. Well, you know what's great about this is I've never been so excited for preseason games in my life. I mean, first because <laughs> yeah. first they're I back. I literally just got done doing a video about this. Like <laughs> most fans, uh, I, I asked our fans, our, our viewers and listeners to send in voicemails about what they're most excited about. And I think the first 10 voicemails I got were about Jordan Love and seeing Jordan Love in preseason. Everybody's kind of waiting to unwrap that Christmas present. So to speak. I know. I mean, even with like the Vikings and, and having a quarterback like Kellen Mond, but just even having preseason games in general. Right. And the Vikings will have never thought we'd miss them, but yeah, we certainly right. did. <laughs> right. The Vikings will have two in the bird killing stadium. And the, then, you know, it'll be, it right. will feel, it will feel great. Even reporter wise to go into the stadium with people right. there because it was spooky being in there for weird, games. Yeah, very super, weird. Super right. Weird. No doubt about it. How about the difference in wins for the Packers? If Jordan love starts versus Aaron Rodgers? I'm sure here's what I'm trying to do. I'm right. trying to ask you a question that no one's asked you yet about <laughs> Packers. And I don't think I've gotten there. I'll yet. let you know. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, these are, but these are, I get it though. Cause these are the things people are wondering about. Right. Um, I think it's obviously somewhat significant. I don't think there's any question there. I think there's a really talented team, but if you put Jordan Love there as the starter, as opposed to Aaron Rodgers, that's got to count for a bunch of wins going off the board, right? I, I just think if you're a, now with a 17 game season, if you're a 12, 13 win team, which I think the Packers are with Aaron under center, I think they're a, a anywhere from an eight to 10 win team with Jordan under center. Um, I think they have to win a lot of close games to get there. That could easily swing to even six or seven wins if things go wrong. 
but you know, that's the mystery of a young quarterback. And I, I do think they're a Super Bowl contender with Aaron. Without him, they put Jordan in there. I think they compete for the division, struggle to make the playoffs as a wild card, and that would be probably what most people would expect. Now, could they surprise? Sure. Either way, they could completely bottom out and like shock us all and, oh, my gosh, he's totally incompetent. What does he do? He needs way more work. Or he hits the ground running, the scheme really helps him, and they barely miss a beat. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that's what I expect, but anything is possible especially in this day and age of the NFL where so much is kind of handed to the offense. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about our friends at Scout Logistics, and I really do mean it when I say friends. They are fans of Purple Insider over at Scout Logistics, and since they reached out wanting to support this show, I want to tell you about what they do. Scout Logistics is just-in-time transportation for full tractor-trailer loads, and if you're wondering what that means exactly, Well, if you own or work for a company that needs shipping solutions, they are the preferred carrier of Fortune 500 companies across North America, and we have quite a few of those in Minnesota, right? They can ship perishable, non-perishable, FTL or LTL, and they have on-time delivery rate of over 99%. So if you're like them and you enjoy the show and you have shipping needs, check out scoutlogistics.com or call 855-217-2688, extension 232, to connect with them directly to find out how Scout Logistics can minimize risk and overperform and go the extra mile for your company. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, and that's the thing you talked about where they are as a, as a roster right now. And it's a very strong roster, which is why I wouldn't. And I didn't when I did the thing that everyone does, which is write the little <laughs> W's and L's, you know, yeah, like, yeah, go down the list. Right, right. I will forever split with Vikings Packers. I just, no matter who's your quarterback, no matter and what's going on. I just, sense, yeah, right? I just, I yep. will forever do that when I'm trying to pick the schedule because I mean, just even look at the Vikings win in Green Bay last year. It was ridiculous. It was like 50 mile an hour win. That was such a weird such game. A weird such a weird game with the long possessions in the first half. And then the Packers just kind of stubbing their toe on offense in the second half. The defense, I thought, but the Vikings played extremely well, better than they had most of that year up to that point. Mm-hmm. And look, if there's a team, even with Aaron Rodgers under center, if there's a team that challenges the Packers this year, it's the Vikings. Like the way they've gone about reshaping that defense that's legit, man. I don't, Zimmer hasn't forgotten how to coach. They've gotten, compl- you know, so much better up front. And I think they've really done a good job retooling their secondary. Um, as you said, they went into Lambeau and won last year. Nothing to say they can't do that again. Um, yeah, that's a team that I think is going to be right there in the mix. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I was ready to be old takes exposed, by the way, because after that game, I said the Packers <laughs> can't go to the Super Bowl. They can't, not with right. that defense. And then the defense remembered how to play, like the rest of well, this. And that's just been, that has been the MO in Green Bay for the longest time, it, regardless of who the defensive coordinator is. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know if it's because they have offensive minded head coaches or what, but they always kind of start rough in the beginning of the year on defense. And then things start to gel and coalesce. And I remember asking Matt at the end, towards the end of last year, I think it was week 15 or so. We had him on our show and I said, you know, Matt, cause he had mentioned in the press, one of his availabilities about, Oh, we need guys to be a little bit more aggressive at the line of scrimmage 
on third and short talking about the secondary. And I'm like, Matt, it's like week 15. <laughs> was this not brought up in training camp? You know, yeah. this is your team. So for whatever reason, that has been a real bugaboo for Green Bay. But to your point, they played a lot better down the stretch on defense. Um, hopefully, now they've got a new scheme. And you got to expect some growing pains in that regard. But hopefully they can play a little bit more consistently uh, right out of the gate in 2021. How weird is it that the Packers and Vikings don't see each other till late November? Like the la- you, know? you know, the scheduling so guys weird. love that. You know, they love yeah. it. They love holding all the uh, rivalries and or division games till late the season. And I like it. I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, I, I would much rather play division games late in the year. I'm, I like that aspect of, it, especially for the North when, especially green Bay getting the elements, you know, you guys don't know anything about that. Your cozy little confines, <laughs> but I'm all about the cold and the snow. I bring it on. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a debate, uh, to be had, um, where I come from in Buffalo, they want, there is no debate, sir. No, I I hear you. Um, I hear you. I know there's people that prefer one or the other. Well, one thing, one thing that I like about it from a reporter perspective is just that you can be in with the crowd when it's indoors. And so you get that. But no one cares about the reporter perspective. No, they don't. That's the thing. Definitely don't. We, we, we get free food and we get to sit in a box and whatever. Like no one cares, man. The fans don't care. That's for sure. Here's what I'll give you. The press box food in Green Bay is fantastic. I mean, it's, it is. Uh, they've done a really good job. And there are some horrific, like Tennessee, what are you doing? Washington, my God. But, you know, Green Bay is good. Dallas is good. Minnesota's actually got a good spread. I'll give yeah. Minnesota props for that. Yep. Uh, the spread there is always nice. So, yeah. Chicago I mean, if, is one of the worst, which is. How do you stunning. do that, too? Like, you're Chicago. You're a Chicago. You've got access to some of the greatest food on earth, and you put up the one of the worst, probably the worst spread in the division. There's no doubt. Oh, about that. Yeah, no question. Like Detroit does it right. Detroit does good. The D- Detroit spread is good. Like Chicago, terrible. Yeah. Just terrible. Uh, anyway, speaking of things people don't care about. <laughs> Truly. Hey, but it's important. These are the, important things. I, here's what I have is the last question. And then I've got a trolley question for you, uh, <laughs> which is so the, but the Rogers coming back thing is also like how they've built this and how they've handled their salary cap is like, all right, kind of chips to the middle of the table. We saw this with the Vikings in um, 2019, where they just made sure they kept everybody. And then by 2020, uh, you probably look at the Vikings roster went, uh, whom are some (laughs) of these players? I don't recognize. Especially adding what did they have like 15 draft choices or something? Right, exactly. And so these aren't the guys that I've seen since 2015. Um, Is that going to happen to the Packers? Like, is it, is it in terms There's of the a, next yeah. five years, is it going to be a real overhaul of the players that we've seen year after year after year? It's interesting because I think a big part of that is what happens with Aaron Rodgers. because if they can move him after this season, which I would think is their plan, um, that opens up a significant amount of salary cap space, right? Uh, if Aaron is sticking around for whatever reason, maybe they extend him, guarantee some of his bonus money, et cetera. Then, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a pretty decent, I'm not going to call it a bloodletting, but there's a pretty big uh, reshuffling of the depth chart, so to speak. They have done a lot this offseason as far as pushing money to next year. And it is very much set up to make one last run with this core group. That, quote, core group is going to look very different next season if Aaron is still around. There's no doubt about it. They have uh, gone about as far as they can with this group. I know there's guys like, Adrian Amos, who they could extend and lower his cap hit. Zadarius Smith has been pretty public about how he wants an extension. But I think the Packers just want to leave as many options open as they can this year. 
and they're going to address a lot of this after the season when they find out what happens with their quarterback situation, what they decide to happen with their quarterback situation. And then 2023 rolls around, the new media money kicks in, the salary cap will most likely explode, and they probably don't have as many decisions to make. But I do think 2022 is set up right now that, yes, what you're talking about is probably going to come to fruition. You will see a large group of guys needing to be let go just to work their cap. That's if Aaron Rodgers sticks around. Now, in the battle for who can be more passive aggressive, what they should do is after next year, trade Rodgers, then sign three receivers. A hundred percent. Yep. No doubt about it. All aging veterans who have a lot of talent left in the tank, like to, to help Jordan love, quote unquote. Yep. And just bring all back in. Jay Kumaro for the hell yep. of it. Like, so why know, not? We, we liked him all out, the time. He's sitting out there. Why not? Yeah. Make jo- put Jordy Nelson in the front office or something. Okay. So here's the trolley question because you're on this show and you knew you were going to I want, I want you to tell me over the many years that you have watched these battles between the Vikings and the Packers, I want yeah. you to give me three Vikings who you respected the most, who Ooh. when you went into battle with, you yeah, said, you know a, what? That's that, not a trolley question It's at all. a little I bit of a trolley that. question because know, it makes you question. praise the Vikings. Um, no, that's fine. I've done that before. I've done that. <laughs> I, there's a segment of Packers fans who hate me because I'm always like talking about how much I think the Vikings are good, like as a team like I, I do get that a lot um and you, can i just say that yeah. i follow your work all the time i watch your show sometimes i follow Appreciate you on twitter it. i think that you balance the clearly a packers fan with covering <laughs> right. the packers and being fair about things as well as i've ever seen someone do it and i know that's you, you have a journalism background so obviously that's part of it but well, i just wanted to compliment you on that that you do hilarious trolling but also <laughs> in your real football analysis, very fair. And that's why I like having you on. That's very nice of you to say. I try to keep it pretty real, right? Uh, Yes, I I hope it's obvious when I'm just being a fan and trolling. Uh, It's very hard for some folks, I guess, out there in the public to differentiate the two, but I'm very much, yes, a fan, but I try to be realistic in my analysis of the team, which is why I don't have a problem saying like, oh, look, this Viking is really good. Um, Three Vikings. uh, I got, it's got to start with, I'll go current day Harrison Smith. I mean, uh, he's just an outstanding player, a guy who you talk about solving a position in a way the Packers have not been able to for a long time. Now I think they have two really good safeties now, but man, this kid, every time he takes the field, it's, it's, it's a joy to watch as a football fan, not always rooting for him, but I think he's a great player. Um, He's somebody I wouldn't have any problems with uh, rooting for being on the Packers wearing the green and gold. 2017 uh, one. he's he just single-handedly destroyed the Packers oh uh, no he's done that a lot throughout his career he's mm-hmm. he's had games where he's just come kind of eliminated things uh, he's a, he's just an excellent player um John Randall forever John Randall uh just a joy to watch loved him and Favre barking at each other all the time um one of my favorite things ever was was it um a couple years later when Hovan was starting to make his name and there's an NFL clips out there somewhere. I can't remember who it was, but someone was yelling fake ass John Randall. That's that's <laughs> one of my favorite, favorite quotes ever that's because Rand, John Randall was the ultimate like trash talker. And I loved him. You talk about those guys who, you know, you would, you would love to have him on your team. He was a billion percent of guy I would love to have on my team. And then the final one, oh, man, that's tough. There are a few, but I'd probably go with Robert Smith. Um, good pick. He was a phenomenal player, just steady as hell. Great in every aspect of the game. A guy who you could count on down in, down out, 
game in, game out, you know, probably wasn't ever the most heralded guy, uh, star studded, you know, put on ESPN kind of player, but holy cow, the guy was just a great football player and did the dirty stuff, you know, as far as like blitz pickup and getting out there and getting extra yards after he got hit and just a guy who a pure football player who I just loved watching play when he wasn't playing the Packers. And from a visual perspective, one of the fastest people to ever just be on a football field. Like if he got, if he got <laughs> I mean, in open space, it gone. Was right. Zoom. Well, yeah. especially on that turf, the old school Metrodome turf, it was just gone. No, no doubt about it. Yeah. The concrete that they would call turf. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's being generous probably, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, if you are so inclined to check out Aaron's work, which I actually suggest that you do because it's very good. And here's the thing that Vikings fans won't tell you, but they're always interested in what's going on with the Packers. It's like people it's watching their funny neighbor, how that works, right? right? Like they're, they're looking out with their neighbor that has the bigger SUV and they're going, <laughs> you know, like, Oh, Hey, you know, what do they got going on over there? Oh, something with their kid. That it's does seem they to had a be bad a thing. very, yeah. very yeah. real phenomenon. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So at Aaron Nagler, Cheesehead TV, it's a lot of fun and uh, I enjoy following you. So, Thanks, man. I'm glad we could catch up. I'm sure we'll do it again soon when Aaron makes his announcement that both of were were wrong and he's <laughs> going to be traded to Denver. Exactly. <laughs> I'm looking forward to those receipts. Thanks a lot, Matthew. Thanks a lot for having me on.